back into One Winning Pod, where today we are going to be looking at uh, previewing this week three matchup. The Indianapolis Colts will be traveling to the bank, take on Baltimore Ravens. This is the first time this matchup between these two teams will happen since a very thrilling uh, Monday night game back in 2021. The Colts got up to a, a big lead, and Lamar Jackson connected with Mark Andrews and Marquise Brown to have an overtime comeback, one of the most thrilling games in Ravens history, uh, certainly a highlight of the past couple of seasons. And uh, to talk about the, uh, the Colts in this upcoming matchup, uh, we've got we got Pete here, our resident Ravens, Colts, and Ohio State fan. How's it going, Pete? <laughs> yeah, it's going well, guys. I can't believe it's already week three. Right, it seems like it was just yesterday we were looking at week, you know, the draft and heading into the preseason already. Um, man, time's flying. And you said been 10, 21. I can't believe uh, – I remember sitting in the stands watching that thrilling game and praying for the life of me that my Colts would pull that one out. But, you know, it's always a, always a good matchup, always a good, you know, with the rooted history and the deep hatred between these franchises. Yeah, looking forward to another another exciting game. Well, hopefully it has the full potential of excitement. Um, I, I know that maybe one of the reasons the draft into the preseason into regular season was so fast for you guys is the addition of Anthony Richardson, uh, one of the best prospects in the draft, one of my favorite guys for sure. And uh, you guys got him. He won the starting job, looked in the part, playing well, but then self-reported his concussion and uh, was removed from the game and unclear if he'll be able to go this week. But uh, how do you feel like he's played so far? Oh, well, first off, uh, man, my initial thought, as soon as as I saw that he went down, it's just history repeating itself. It seems like we can't keep our quarterbacks healthy for more than a week or two here. This is like seven years in a row we've had a different starting quarterback in week one. And we, it looks like we finally found our guy after going through the likes of Rivers, um, you know, Brissett, Matt Ryan, all the, you know, the retreads, the, all the guys who've been around the league for years. And we finally found a potential replacement for Luck after all these years. Um, but, uh, you know, love the fact that he reported it, the injury to, you know, to not try to further damage or, you know, take some more, you know, take some more heat for this early in the season. Um, yeah, but so far, the first two games, or I should say, you know, the first five quarters or so, he's looked he's looked better than advertised, I should say. Um, so a lot of pocket poise, you know, his accuracy hasn't as hasn't been as much of an issue as some may have thought, myself included. I was a huge skeptic coming out of Florida, um, but so far, you know, he seems to he seems to have his head on his shoulders and adjusting pretty well so far. Now, did you think that there was much of a, a controversy going into the season? Did you think that like Minshew might have been uh, the starter earlier on? Because now they might have to turn to him. You know, I kind of expected Minshew to get the nod week one just as the veteran mentor um, Richardson for the first like maybe four or five weeks. You know, coming into the season, it's pretty obvious that we weren't expected to go anywhere. We're not expected to win the division. We're not expected to make the playoffs. It's just a matter of progressing the young guys and getting them some reps. But, you know, at the strong camp showing, um, I guess the, you know, Steichen and Ursay and 
the guys up in the front office thought that, you know, he, he performed well. He had a great camp, um, did better than we thought. And, you know, Minshew, Minshew has been, you know, proven to be a good backup type of quarterback to begin with. Um, the, me personally, I would have rather have seen Minshew to start the first like two or three games myself, um, just so that AR can adjust to the league and learn under a guy who's had some experience, especially with a guy who's had experience with Steichen's system. You can learn under that. Yeah, it's certainly going to be interesting. I think, uh, you know, whether either of them plays, I think it's going to be a lot for the Ravens to um, prepare for. Um, you know, I feel like Richardson definitely, um, you know, younger quarterback, more athletic. Um, I think I don't even think Minshew was ever kind of really that athletic, but, um, you know, Richardson definitely adds a, an element to the running game. Um, I mean, I think he, you know, showed he had two uh, rushing touchdowns uh, before he got knocked out with that concussion in week two. So, um, definitely a weapon in, you know, in space. Um, I think, you know, I feel like once he gets healthy, I feel like that's probably going to be a part of the Colts offense moving forward, just figuring out, okay, how can you like use him as an extension? Um, and even if JT does come back too, like that'll be really interesting, right? Because he was, a he's a very good running back and you add the extra running threat of Richardson. Like that's a, that could be a pretty potent r- rushing attack. But, uh, but yeah, Minshew, I feel like for, um, you know, has always kind of been this sort of guy who, I mean, I've liked him. I think he's he is going to be a high completion quarterback. Like I think his completion percentage is is higher than Richardson's right now. Um, uh, for his career, I think is pretty high. But he's never really a guy who can push the ball downfield. His I think there have been questions about his arm strength and and things like that. Um, things that you know I don't think Richardson has really either. I think he's got a much stronger arm. So. Um, you know, it, it'll be interesting. You know, I, there have been a couple matchups with Minshew that, against the Ravens, and he's played well. Uh, you know, those Jags teams always really have, to, you know, really have to <laughs> mess up the Ravens matchups for whatever reason or another. Um, so, you know, I'm I'm not I'm not overlooking him for sure, but um, it, it'll be interesting. You know, I, like I said, I think that there there's a lot for um, for the Ravens to prepare for. I think the offense looks pretty different. Um, you know, depending on who you put put out there. Well, it's, uh, Minshew, I think he's just like one of those like plug-and-play guys. I mean, obviously no one expects him to go out there and be able to start for the next 15 weeks. But, uh, you know, for the Ravens personally, I don't think that's much to worry about because, you know, he's just one of those run-of-the-mill. We see those type of quarterbacks every week, you know, in these tough matchups or these matchups that you should be should be very winnable. Um, Minshew's not going to – he's not going to th- – you know, throw the ball over the top. He's a dink and dunk kind of a guy. Personally, that's why I think he does best. Um, doesn't he? Doesn't light up the screen. He doesn't. Nothing jumps out to me when you watch him. But he's just a guy that gets. You can get the job done. Like almost like a lesser version of a Cousins, who he's just not a wild type of quarterback. Um, you know, but with Ar, you know. There were reports coming out today that he was showing a lot of improvement. Now, whether or not that's just word coming out so that they don't give anything away to the Ravens as they prepare, you know, that's, you know, we'll see as the week goes on. I think it'll be a lot more difficult game plan wise to prepare for a guy who's more mobile, especially with the way the NFL is nowadays. Um, but hopefully as the week goes on, we'll get more of a better picture of what we're looking at. 
Yeah, it's certainly interesting because you are looking at at two different game plans that the defense will have to do for the Ravens, depending on which guy is out there. Um, Richardson, obviously a, a freak athlete, and containing him is going to be something that will be very difficult for the Ravens' defense to do, something they can do, but certainly something that um, will require a, a strong effort on their part. And then Minshew, like you're saying, um, is the more polished passer at this point in his career. It's not saying Richardson can't eclipse Minshew. I mean, obviously he was drafted uh, as a first-round pick, not just because of his rushing talent, but because people see the talent in his arm. Obviously his arm strength is incredible right now, um, and the accuracy it has has been better than expected, I think, in these first two games. It's only two, but we'll see, absolutely. Going off from the quarterback position, uh, the running game, this is probably the biggest headline that the Colts have had to weather uh, for this first month of the season, this uh, drama with Justin, excuse me, not Justin, Jonathan Taylor's contract, uh, the Colts refusing to give him a long-term deal, and he is holding out. And it seems like he, at least from my perspective, it seems like he's played his last game with the Colts. It does not seem like there's going to be able to be a um, any type of a compromise to be found. Um, I'm interested in your take on that as a Colts fan. And then also just looking at what this running back room looks like for this game. Uh, struggled in week one, Zach Moss, he had a good game against Houston, but it's Houston. Their rushing defense, as we know, is poor. So um, yeah, what's your take on Jonathan Taylor's situation and where the Colts running room is right now? You know, it's crazy. I, For the life of me, I can't understand why, you know, if I was in that front office, I would think that the the best time to pay somebody now you don't have, I wouldn't say top of the line. Like he was asking for reportedly around like 15 to 16 million. But when you have a guy on the like AR on this rookie contract, you have the cap space. Like it's to me, it's the only logical time to actually want to pay a running, a running back who can take the load off of a young quarterback trying to learn and make it in the NFL. And this just seems to be a pattern in the, you know, in the last several years now with the front office for the Colts that just can't seem to put together all the pieces, whether it's drafting wide receivers nowadays, whether it's making sure that we have a sufficient line. Um, Jonathan Taylor has proven himself in this league. I know it was really for like a year and a half, but, you know, we're with an injured riddled year last year. Um, but he's the top. He's still a top running back and he's very young, um, great hands. Um, it's just amazing. And when you look coming into the week one, you saw um, Deion Jackson, who's gotten opportunity after opportunity in Taylor's absence over the last like, year or two. Um, and, you know, he's not one of those guys that's going to light, light up the statue. You saw week one, 13 carries for 14 yards. That's, that's a pathetic. Um, last week, 57 offensive snaps, 56 of them were taken by Zach Moss. That shows you, and no other running back took a snap. That showed you right then and there, they don't trust their running back core. They don't trust anybody in that room, and that that's unfortunate, especially when you have a guy who's clearly, in my opinion, holding in. Um, you know, Zach last week showed he had a, a decent pop, and he averaged 4.9 yards a run, but like you said, that's against Houston. I mean, we don't expect Houston's defense is not that good, and the Ravens have always had a stout run defense. Um, so I don't expect Zach to 
do another have another strong performance with another four point nine yards a game. Um, it's probably personally I think it's probably going to dip probably closer to three yards a game if if anything. Um, but you know Evan Hall, who we drafted this year, he hasn't really gotten much of an opportunity yet so far. So maybe we can kind of intertwine him since it doesn't seem like um, Deion Jackson's going to get out of the doghouse after his two fumbles in week one. Yeah, Deion Jackson' experience was very short-lived. Uh, on to the next. Uh, Hall got hurt early on, too, so they weren't even able to look at him. And uh, as a team that's heavily in 11 personnel, about 75% of the snaps, um, I would say it's pretty dependent on the offensive line to open up holes in those situations. How have they played so far in uh, both run and pass blocking? Um, so far... You know, that was one of the bigger questions heading into the season. You know, last year, uh, we were highest paid offensive line in the league, and they did not show at all. Um, this year heading into it, um, it seems like they've kind of picked up their game a little bit here. Ryan Kelly seems to have definitely improved. He stayed on the field for the most of the first two games, and at least according to PFF, he's the number one um, center graded so far in the league. There's some young guys out there you know, with um, Quentin Nelson. He's he's had a couple down seasons in a row, but he's still he's still pretty steady. And just this past week, Will Fries has, was ranked the top guard in the league. Um, you know, so far, we've only allowed four sacks. So in the passing game, even when you had guys like with Richardson and Minshew, so far the pass blocking has held up at least for the first two weeks. And as you know, as we mentioned, week one was not a good showing from the run blocking. You know, averaged about, I think it was like 2.1 or just over two yards a carry. Week two, we averaged 5.2 yards a run. So the much better, much more improved week two. Um, so it's, it's a steady improvement. You know, it's something you like to see continue on week three and so forth. Um, but it seems that the O-line has found a new resurgence over the last the beginning part of the season so far. Pete, I think a question uh, I wanted to ask around uh, the wide receiver core. Um, I feel like in week two, it seemed like early on, at least Richardson, the game plan was to try and get uh, Pittman the ball quite often. Um, you know, depending, obviously depending on who at the quarterback position is going to play here, I guess, can you talk about the kind of the receiver group and, and who the, uh, you know, desired targets are at this point? Like, who who, who are the quarterbacks going to go to? Um, it seems that Pittman is starting to build a good rapport with with AR if he plays. I still think with Minshew, he had 12 targets from Minshew in the game and we, last week, and I don't see why that would change this week coming, coming into the game. Alec Pierce, you know, second-round pick from last year, uh, abysmal showing so far to start the season. Um Three catches for 33 yards, no touchdowns. Doesn't seem like he's clicking so far. Doesn't seem like he's getting any separation whatsoever. If you watch the film, it's almost just like having a body out there. And that's, you know, a horrible way to put it. But, you know, if you're not getting any, if you're not getting any separation from, you know, from your defend, from the defender, I mean, what's, why, why be out there? But I think the tight ends is where we seem to be. You know, relying on heavily right now. You know, Kyle Kylan Granson last week got his first touchdown. 
he showed up big. He's a young second-year player. You know, still have Mullally Cox there. Um, Sprinkle in in the young Josh Downs, who we drafted this past April. And, you know, it's just a very young, inexperienced crew. Um, It seems to be one of the tough things that Chris Ballard, as the GM, has, you know, had – in the, his since his tenure began, is trying to find the veteran help, you know, to help bring along some of these young guys. Um, but I expect the young guys to step up. You know, you're gonna have to, especially against a young, you know, versus the young uh, squad we have on the Raven side. You know, I, I love what I'm seeing from Zay Flowers so far. I think he's outperformed a lot of people's expectations, and that's kind of what I. Love to see out some of the young guys on our team. Yeah, it's really interesting the um, lack of performance you guys have had at the wide receiver position these first couple of games outside of Pittman. Um, Pittman, I mean, uh, he's a stud. He's doing what he's done his whole career through these first games. But um, yeah, I mean, Alec Pierce had, from my perspective, a solid rookie season. He was a guy uh, that if the Ravens went wide receiver in the second round to 2022 draft, he was one of the guys that we would have liked to have seen the Ravens pick up. Um, Isaiah McKenzie had some success in Buffalo. Now, was that the system or what he, he was? You know, that's kind of tough to tell, but he's not really in the mix yet either. Um, and then Downs uh, made some plays, but you'd like to see more from him. So, you know, we, we, we touched on this a little bit of, you know, where these guys are. Um, what do you think has to change for these guys to have some some success? Is it uh, the scheme that is just a bad fit for these guys? Are we just seeing not good effort, injuries? Like, uh, where's really the the issue here outside of Pittman with the wide receivers right now? Um, I think a lot of it has to do with the inexperience and the continuity Um and with the offense, I mean, I know it was a completely different coaching staff last year, um, but if you if you think about it, you had different you had you know between Matt Ryan last year, you had Sam Ellinger come in, Nick Foles, Anthony Richardson, Garner Minshew. Now, you know, in a short period of time, that's five different quarterbacks to get a rapport with. I think that's you know stunted some of the growth that you've seen from guys like Alec Pierce who haven't shown up early in the season. Um, You're just starting to see a little bit more from Pittman. I know he had a good season last year, but you kind of expect more from a number one, you know, know, guy in his position, his uh, spot on the team. Um, I think, to be honest, I think that's the number, that's the number one reason why you haven't seen as much. It doesn't, doesn't help the injuries and no lack, the lack of a veteran, a true veteran presence in that locker room. And Isaiah McKenzie, you know, he's been in the league for some time now, but at the end of the day, what has he done in this league that's, you know, he hasn't really done something noteworthy in this league to call him a true veteran, you know, a true a guy who can, you know, you would go to, go to bat for. I don't know. I don't, I don't see anybody. I haven't seen anybody up in this, up and down this roster yet. Um, now I know Steichen, he wants to bring in, he's brought in some of that, um, offense from the Eagles so far. And, you know, you could see a little bit of a, a scheme difference between last year and this year. And hopefully as the season goes on, you know, it's very early in the season to judge how much of a difference we're seeing or we're ex- going to expect to see from year over year. Um, again, like I said, 
It's it's just getting guys more reps with one quarterback, one mind, and you know, and build off of that. I guess one of the last questions I have for you as far as offense goes is since you're uniquely situated as a, a fan of both teams, how do you think our corners line up against this wide receiving group? Uh, particularly assuming that uh, we don't see Marlin back this week. Um, overall, I think they match up pretty well. Um, I don't expect Marlin to, to play at all. This uh, this week, I expect him probably back in the next couple weeks. I don't see this as a, a must-have or a must-week to bring him back into the fold and think you can kind of ease him back in. Ronald Darby, he's a decent corner. Don't. Yeah, you know, I think they match up pretty well. The only one I would be worried about is, like I said, Pittman. Before, I don't, I don't see anyone else causing that much of a problem, problem for the secondary or the corners this week. I guess moving along to the defense, we know that the defense is built around studs like uh, DeForest Buckner and and Shaq Leonard. But uh, I guess what other key contributors do you think are on this team that the Ravens should be looking out for? Um, one guy in particular who's become a fan favorite of mine is uh, Zaire Franklin. Um, so far, he leads the league in tackles with 30 so far in the year. Last week alone, he had, um, uh, I think it was like 13 tackles near, um, one forced fumble. Um, but if you remember about a year ago, year, year two ago, um, he had uh, Bobby Okereke. And Shaq Leonard paired up in the middle for us, and they were a good duo. And the Colts went the route of signing Zaire Franklin to a long-term extension. So far, that's proven out to be a um, guy to watch and a guy who's proven proven his contract so far. Um, and, you know, EJ Speed, so far in the first two weeks, he's the highest-ranked um, linebacker according to Pro Football Focus. Um He's had a great first two first two weeks, building off a solid campaign last year. Uh, there's probably two guys that that stick out in my head, but I know that Shaq Leonard is the big name, and we all expect him to do things. But I think the one thing that needs to be noted is, you know, he had he was injured all last year, concussions, back injury. Um, you can't take that you can't take that lightly, especially coming into a defense who needed, who needed that veteran presence last year. Um, is truly the heart and soul of our defense. And you can see it in the first two weeks, proving from week one and week two. I know that week one against the Jags, you know, we may have allowed 31 points by the end of that game, but it was a lower, a low scoring game for up until the last like five minutes of it. And even up until the last, like, quarter fourth late in the fourth quarter when we were just playing prevent defense it seems like this defense led by Shaq Leonard and DeForest Buckner and the two veterans and the name guys has definitely stepped up the game and you know one other thing I wanted to mention was you know we're actually finally getting pr- uh, pressure on to you know and from our front seven you know we had six sacks last week eight on the season um, again I know the Texans are not the greatest football you know they're not the greatest team out there but you know, it's good to see that finally uh, we're showing some kind of, you know, ability to, to attack the quarterback on a more consistent basis. We hadn't been seeing that for the last couple of years, and that's been a key part of some of the struggles you've seen over the, over the last few seasons. Um, and it's good to see that some guys are starting to come into their own. Yeah, I mean, you guys got to uh, to Trevor Lawrence a little bit, too, in, in the opener. Um 
two sacks, four quarterback hits. Uh, he had an interception as well as a fumble in that game. So, you know, uh, yeah, the Texans are the Texans, like we talked a lot about last week when recapping the Ravens game there. But um, good to see you guys have some uh, some success there uh, against an offense that uh, is ready. You know, they had a lot of young talent like the Texans, and now the Jaguars are are rounding into their prime. Um, and yeah, I mean, you know, I, I didn't, I haven't gotten a chance to watch the Colts super in depth, but I, I did notice while watching some highlights of that game over against the Texans, um, it does seem like a, a very fast front seven. These guys are, are attacking the line, collapsing the pocket. Um, it, it looks like a, a unit that the Ravens offensive line is, is going to have to really come and have a repeat performance of what they did against Cincinnati. But, um, Along the lines, though, if you, what you're talking about with how this team is now getting pressure on the quarterback, um, you know, you're going against Lawrence and Stroud, while both can move if they need to. I mean, neither of them has any anywhere near the mobility that a guy like Lamar Jackson does. And Lamar certainly showed last week that he is b- back to uh, his running ways when he needs to. Like we said, less designed runs, but still. If the pocket collapses, the play breaks down, he can scramble out of there and, and pick up some serious yards. How do you think this front seven uh, is equipped to take on a quarterback with that the dual threat that uh, Lamar Jackson poses? Yeah, it's always uh, Lamar's legs are always a problem no matter the defense. I don't think there's one team out there that can scheme and perfectly, you know, stop Lamar. You know, he, he finds it whether he has an open field, he'll find the space. Um, I think I'm more interested to see his passing attack this week. I think he was stand up. He stands a far better uh, chance of destroying us in the passing game, especially with our putrid secondary that we have. Um, our cornerback room is probably the weakest spot on our defense. Um, we drafted several young guys, including Daryl Baker this year, and he had a lot of off-season hype that he just hasn't lived up to. And he's just been getting. Um, he's been getting torched left and right, especially last week against a young Stroud in the Texans offense. Um, I know um, it was, was not a good sight. Um, we also drafted uh, Juju Brents last year. Um, he was you know, our second rounder, and you know, was, you know, it came with a lot of hype with him too. But he's been dealing with injuries all off season and so far early in the year. Um, the only true veteran and the only true guy that is out there on our defense, or at least our corners is Kenny Moore, who, you know, Ravens fans are familiar with, but it's more of a nickel corner. And, you know, it's just very inexperienced and just, I think that Lamar will have a field day with this, with, you know, throwing it on the outside. Um, if OBJ's, you know, if he's able to play, I think he'll, you know, he'll get his share of targets. Zay Flowers, we saw last week in the game. Again, I mentioned him earlier. I think he, I think he's going to have a real, a real strong showing this week. Unfortunately for you know us Colts fans, um, but leg wise, I don't, I don't think Lamar has anything to worry about. I think we'll be able to contain him enough in the first, you know, first half of the game, um, and then once it, once the Ravens' um, ground attack starts wearing on the front seven, um, that's when Lamar will start feasting towards the late, uh, latter half of the second half. Yeah, I definitely think it's interesting. I feel like, um, you know, thinking back to the matchups in, I believe, 20, was it 2019 and then 2021, 
feel like the Colts defense, because they had so much speed, both at the defensive line and kind of like the linebacker core, um, they were really able to kind of put a damper on the Ravens rushing attack um, and, and Lamar Jackson, right? Because they, they could uh, be able to sit on those sort of uh, mesh point runs, um, no matter if it went for the running back or Lamar, like they had the ability to kind of close. Whereas a lot of teams really struggled with that because they just didn't have the same personnel group. And yeah, I feel like it's, um, it's interesting here because, you know, clearly that's still a part of the Ravens game, but they definitely want to be a lot more pass heavy. Um, but it, it's also like, you know, with the, you know, like you said, being like the, you know, the Colts have put a lot of capital in their edge rushers too. So, you know, I, you know, even, you know, even with Houston, like, you know, six sacks, like that's a lot. Um, so, you know, I think it's interesting just, you know, I wouldn't overlook the defense here just because their corner group is a little weak because I feel like, you know, if they can get the pass rush, um, it could be a problem. I feel like on the Ravens side, you know, they played well against Cincinnati who have had a pretty strong front four, but, you know, they are starting to, you know, backups at left tackle and center. So, you know, that, that performance, you know, might've been a fluke, might've been an outlier. We don't really know. We only have one game. So, you know, it's it's something where, you know, I could I could see a regression uh, in the Ravens. And, you know, if they're able to do that, like, you know, and limit Lamar's opportunities to take shots downfield, like, you know, that could be problematic. So, you know, I think, um, you know, just want to say, like, you know, it's definitely not something to overlook. I think it could be something interesting to kind of watch out for, um, you know, particularly just, yeah, with, uh, you know, knowing the, uh, you know, the speed that they have on the front seven, I, I think it could be a problem. I think it's all just about, can you keep the game close, at least in the first half? Get into halftime, keep it close, maybe a one-score game, keep getting tied. Um, if somehow the Colts are able to, you know, do that and find a way to get pressure on Lamar, especially as you mentioned, with the injuries up front, um, that's going to be key whether or not uh, this is going to be a close game to the end. As kind of an aside, I mean – you know, kind of not going into the matchups real quick, but just kind of looking at the Colts roster, I, I was curious if you had a thought on this, Pete, but um, I feel like to me, it seems like the, the Colts are really interesting because a major- like it seems like a majority of their defense is all draft picks from the Colts. Like, I don't see a ton of free agents from other teams on this roster, to my knowledge, I mean, there's a lot of guys, I mean, you know, obviously there's some guys that the Colts have drafted fairly recently, and then the other guys, like you mentioned, like Kenny Moore and, you know, um, you know Blackman and, uh, you know, Franklin and some of these guys who have been here, you know, they have they were drafted by the Colts and they signed to a second contract. So, um, you know, I think it's just interesting kind of from like a roster building of, you know, clearly they've seemed like they've tried to address a lot of this stuff in-house and, you know, it seemed like it's kind of worked. Um, but I do, I do wonder kind of to your point about like the cornerback room of like, you know, maybe, I don't know, would it have made sense to kind of like go out and sign somebody to, to fill that spot? You know, obviously, you know, maybe not like a Jalen Ramsey, but you know, <laughs> kind of like Ronald Darby, like he was there a while. <laughs> I don't know if that would have, that would have helped the situation here. I just, I think it's interesting. Yeah. I think that's a good point because over the last two regimes, including the current one, there's definitely been, and with the Grigson era, you saw more of a focus on free agency. He struggled. He struggled getting draft picks. He, he was not good. Um, and we were always in cap hell when it came to him. Um, now, um, with uh, Ballard here, he's been tr- trying to change that culture and try to build the build the team from 
um, ground up. And we're always one of the tops in the league with the cap space. But for some reason, I don't know if it's if it's just his ideology of not wanting to spend big on free agents that may you know have already peaked. But that seems to be the way that Ballard's always gone. And that's been like one of the biggest criticisms from a lot of fans, a lot of media pundits, um, that we don't have the strong veteran presence. We don't have, you know, the big name guys. Um, and you can kind of have to draft as many of these young guys and hope that more of them hit than not. And, you know, you just look up and down their depth chart. And I really only see like, DeForest Buckner, Kenny Moore, um, A. Simpson, Ebukam, you know, not many true big name guys on the defense, you know, that you've seen play elsewhere. Um, and that's part of the inexperience, you know, when you're kind of rebuilding a little bit, you should say in the last couple of years, you kind of expect that a little bit. Um, and it does somewhat translate to the field. But as they, as they come into their own, you know, it may take a couple of years. But that is, you know, does is a glaring thing of this front office, at least I should say, as you know, from my perspective. One other question I had is we were big fans, at least I was, of the of the Colts draft, um, which uh, Brent's going to you guys as well as uh, Adebayo. Uh, both of those guys were inactive last week. Are they uh, injury inactives or just like haven't cracked the starting lineup yet? Um, Brent's, I believe, his been dealing with um he's been dealing with injuries since early in camp mm-hmm. so he's he was definitely an injury inactive um and you know honestly i i can't remember why um Edibari was out i want to say he was dealing with uh i don't know if it was a hamstring or an ankle injury um but uh it just seems it just seems like it, uh we're hoping to get these guys back on the field as soon as possible all right. Well, certainly uh, there's a lot to look forward to in this matchup. Uh, Colts team, I think it will be very different um, than what we last saw from them only a couple of years ago. So now it's the part of the show where we put pen to paper and commit to our score predictions and bold predictions for this game. Uh, Pete, as the guest, we always give the guests the option to make the first pick. You can defer as well if you want to, but it is your <laughs> it's call. Like, it's like a coin flip. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, well, um, I'm making these picks based off of the premise that uh, Anthony Richardson's playing because I think it'll be a closer game with AR than it would be with Minshew. Um, you know, over the three of the last four matchups, it's been a one-score game. Um, so, I, unfortunately, I will probably – Pick the Ravens in this one, 31-24. I think it is going to be a nail-biter until the end. Um, I think the fourth quarter is where the, the Colts are going to lo- uh, lose this game. Um, not going to have enough time with the ball, and there's going to be a costly turnover as there was a couple seasons back. Um, and my bold prediction, I'm just going to say that Alec Pierce is going to actually show up. Uh, he's going to double his totals on the season. So we're going to see six catches for 66 yards. And we're going to see maybe one score on the books for him. Hopefully not too hard, but who knows? I feel like none of us are ready to go with our score or <laughs> <laughs> bold predictions. You can yeah, all admit you want to pick the Colts. I get it. 
<laughs> I think the hard thing about this right now is without knowing the Anthony Richardson situation, I don't know exactly how uh, I want to like wager this team's ability to move up and down the field. I know, but Pete already mentioned that. I, you, we had time to ponder that while he was. I I understand, <laughs> but like, is this the line like? Isn't the line like uh, minus eight currently? I don't know if that's if they're expecting the Minshew to start. Um, I think it'll, be, it'll probably be that either way almost, but uh, let's see. Just remember that with ARN, I mean, these, these games have been, at least the first two weeks for the Colts, have been real tight until the mid-fourth quarter. Oh, excuse me, the week against Jags, I should say. And then obviously last week was a blowout until garbage time and prevent defenses took over. Yeah, good call. It's it's uh, seven and a half on DraftKings right now with an over under of forty four point five. So, I mean, I kind of somewhat informs my my guess. I would bet the under in this game. I bet the under, and I honestly, I kind of almost want to give them the same treatment I gave uh, Mr. Stroud, being like, you might be able to get down the field, but you're not going to score touchdowns. Uh, I'll say they're able to do it a couple more times, so I'll give them Colts nine. I would say probably Ravens like. They've been sworn this all year, like 27, you know, right around there. <laughs> like that's, that's kind of what they think they'll need to do. Uh, take time off the clock, et cetera. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with that as my, my score prediction. And then for the bowl prediction, I'm going to go on the defensive side of the ball. And I'm going to say that Kyle Hamilton shows up uh, in a big way and gets a turnover. Is that with Richardson or with uh, Minshew? <laughs> Both. Either. I mean, that's just like, that's just taking the average. I would say yeah. with, with, uh, AR, I'll give them 10. <laughs> you know, maybe, they, maybe they're able to score a touchdown once. 10 to 13. Yeah. Just got, you got to commit and, and say either way what you think is going to happen. And honestly, for me, I think either way, whichever quarterback's in there, I do expect the Colts offense to put up a fight. Um, now, they – granted, I think that the Ravens' defense is – Definitely better than Houston's defense. Um, Jacksonville's defense, I think, is underrated, but the Ravens' defense is better there. So this will be the hardest matchup that they'll have to face. But like we pointed out, or like Pete pointed out, this team has a strong offensive line. Um, but I think what's really going to hurt them against the secondary is outside of Pittman. Just you don't have consistent playmakers there, um, as you pointed out. And, you know, the secondary has question marks but really stepped up big against Cincinnati this is going to be an easier task for the Ravens um, I think the Colts will put up some points but the Ravens will put up more I'm going to say the Ravens win this one 27 to 17 and my bold prediction will be that in this game Justice Hill will have his first uh, 100 yard rushing game of his career why because the NFL has been weird these first two weeks so why not okay uh yeah i guess that leaves me then so um yeah I'm, i i feel i feel like the quarterback situation probably doesn't matter too much um i feel like the ravens are at home i think that their offense has been playing really well their defense has been playing really well i don't necessarily think that this is a trap game for them it's still pretty early um so i, I think that they're going to pull away a win uh, i'm going to say 30 to 16 and then my bold prediction is I feel I went defense last week and then Ole got hurt, uh, supposedly. We still don't know. Harbaugh won't tell. Um, so I, maybe I'll go offense on this one. Um, I think uh, I'm actually going to go in a slightly different direction. I'll say maybe this is more of a throwback, and I'm going to say Lamar is going to be the leading rusher for the team. 
it's going to be like some fluke, like, you know, QB run or something where he runs for a touchdown or something like that. But I think he's going to be the leading rusher. If if Chris and Peter hit, that's going to be a wild uh, parlay there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, th- things got really wild in the game in 2021, so. <laughs> oh, I, almost, I actually almost left that game early, too. That's a sad thing. Ooh. Friend, <laughs> the friend the friend I went with, he left like right in like mid fourth quarter when we were when the Ravens were losing. And not soon enough later I was getting those text messages, I want back in, I want back in. <laughs> oh. Yeah. I like I'm just gonna say this. I feel like bold predictions last year. Um I, I think there is no parlay ever that is gonna hit because we are very off on our predictions. So I don't think anybody's hit a prediction this year either. Yeah. So Yeah, we're too bold. <laughs> If, I will if, say if anybody's going to try to hit a parlay on this, like please don't don't do that. <laughs> yeah. Save your money. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm going to go defense this time. I've gone defense all year, so I don't have to switch it up next week. Keep me accountable to go offense. <laughs> Man, I've gone I've gone offense off the games to start with. Hmm. Yeah, we'll have, we'll have to switch it up next week, Peter. Guess we will. Well, hey, Pete, thanks so much for joining us and giving us insights on the Colts team, a game that uh, I think we're all excited to see. Are you going to be able to make it out there? Yeah, thanks for having me again, guys. I'm always glad to come on. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'll be out there. Kind um, of get there early enough to you know, see the opening festivities, but I'll be there. I haven't decided yet if I'm going to wear both, you know, just so I don't get booed again. But I want, <laughs> if, I'm wearing those, if I'm wearing my Colts jersey, I want those fans to boo me out of the building. I love it. <laughs> love the animosity. Love, love the cheers back and forth. I'll live for it. Excellent. Well, let us know your predictions on Twitter at WillMoneyPod or email us WillMoneyPod at gmail.com. And we'll be next week, back next week, hopefully with another Ravens victory to talk about as we look forward to another divisional game against the Browns. Go Ravens. <laughs> <laughs>